BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. It is Tom and Bach. I'm Tom Stevens. That's Jake Bachhoven. As we welcome in Mitch Sherman of The Athletic, who writes about Husker football for The Athletic. Hi, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're doing good. Uh, we were wondering aloud, because we've heard the comments, you know, we're close. Uh, and we say it sometimes. We can see it uh, in games against, you know, Michigan State or against, uh, you know, home against Michigan. Uh, but then you have the clunkers with Nebraska football. But you look at the stats. Nebraska 16th in total offense, 26th in the scoring defense. Those are a stats of a lot of top 25 teams. So can you make the argument that Nebraska's close? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can make a lot of arguments. I, <laughs> that's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you look at the games that Nebraska's lost uh, against ranked teams and take those out and view them through – one lens, then I, I think you're going to come away with that conclusion that Nebraska is very close. If you widen the angle and consider the games that Nebraska has lost to uh, teams that are not ranked, I guess you have to put Minnesota in that category of teams that are ranked. The Gophers are number 20 in the college football playoff poll. But, you know, I, I, I would, in, in as I assess Nebraska's losses, I would put that one in the same category with Purdue and, and Illinois. Um, and then you zoom out further, and you if you look at what's happened over a number of years, um, then there's a real debate to be had about just how close Nebraska is. Yeah, yes, it it is it is close, but they, they have undeniably been close to winning games. But when you're close to winning games for a long period of time, I mean, Nebraska was close to beating Ohio State in Iowa in 2018. Um, what? what you know, are you banging your head against the wall, or are you are you about to break through? Yeah, it's interesting in that Ohio State matchup. More than anything, we usually kind of think that as a measuring stick game, and it's been an ugly measurement. As you've wrote an article today about Nebraska and Ohio State, do you think that this game? Um, you know, because I, it's it's just interesting because of where it's positioned. Obviously, all the heat on Scott Frost's seat right now. Um, but typically, this is a, one of those games that maybe if Nebraska's building and, and maybe not quite there, you don't hold hold the fire to them if they get blown out. Do you think that that a blowout will erase a lot of that close talk that we've had? I don't know. Um, I, I think that people, certain you know, people are dug in on on their side of of this debate at, at, at this stage. And I don't, I don't, I think if Nebraska 
loses big to Ohio State, it doesn't erase the fact that they've played close against three other top ten teams. So three out of four, um, you could certainly make the case that that's not that's that's better than zero out of four. Um, the close argument's going to be there. It's going to be there after Black Friday, no matter what happens here over these next next three three games. Um, you know, and how Trev Alberts and the Nebraska administration choose to weigh that against other factors uh, down the stretch here, that's that's an unknown, and, and obviously up, up to them. Uh, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. There's a lot of excuses used to as, why, as to why Scott Frost in year number four is still struggling and is 15 and 26 overall. Uh, you, could, you could point to... You know, misses in recruiting. You could you could say COVID. You could say, uh, you know, uh, coaches that maybe were too inexperienced for this league. A learning curve that he wasn't ready for. If there's one mm-hmm. thing in particular that you would point to that they misjudged mm-hmm. about the Big Ten and this job, what is it? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me if there's one that bothers me the most. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm going to give you my answer to that, and that it's it's the. Uh, it's the cupboard was bare when yeah, when he yeah. arrived yeah. argument that one that one wore out uh about two years ago um but you didn't mention that so <laughs> no I like that um, I like it which one's le- which one's most legit yeah. um well there's I, I don't I don't know that there's there's one reason that Nebraska has struggled to turn this around under Scott Frost that exists above all others. And you can say this is the primary reason. You, you know, Tom, you laid some things out, and I think they all have validity. I think, you know, I might start with uh, the way that Nebraska underestimated the Big Ten and what it would take mm-hmm. for this program to, to fit in, for the Scott Frost-coached Nebraska program to fit in and be successful in the Big Ten. I think there was a miscalculation from the beginning about how to arrive at, at that position. And um, we see now in year four that Nebraska has come around to recognizing that some changes have needed to be made to that old system that came from UCF in 2017. And I don't know that they, I don't know that they understood that as well as they needed to um, at the beginning. And, and this, this program was slow to react um, it was slow to to adapt to things in the Big Ten that you know the the, the way the playing field is tilted, um, and that opens the discussion to a lot of the other topics that might factor in in this conversation, like the requirement to have a focus on fundamentals, attention to details, twelve months out of the year, uh, special the importance of special teams, all of those things uh, you know can be viewed. Uh, under that Big Ten conversation, uh, but but they and, and they're all relevant. They're all important. They've all factored in in some way into the reason why this hasn't turned more quickly for for Frost and these coaches. Well, and something's interesting too. You know, obviously, we saw this past week that the fans kind of walk out and, and give up, even though it was a two possession game against Purdue. And and I think the fan base is still split on on Scott Frost, but I think that there's a larger group, at least that that's done with the Martinez and Frost marriage 
going into next year, you know, which is a possibility if Martinez wanted to come back. Um, do you think that there's anything Martinez can do, or do you think that he'll be able to kind of win that favor back, or do you think people are at least just done with that part of the experiment and people even in the Scott Frost camp will see what he can do with a different quarterback? Well, I think last week after that game, it was like a heightened moment of frustration with Adrian Martinez, no doubt. Uh, throwing four interceptions, um, you know, losing uh, a game like that that Nebraska um, had within reach. And, and, you know, I think there were points in that game where, uh, you know, one play, uh, like at the end of the first half, Nebraska, Samari Toure makes that catch. Adrian Martinez delivers that throw after the turnover on down, 28 to 17. I think it's a, it's a different uh, conversation about the, or 24 to 14, different conversation about the way that uh, that game comes out. Um, yeah, people are frustrated with Martinez right now, but it's the same guy who a couple of weeks before, uh, you know, maybe in the middle of the fourth quarter against Michigan, I mean, there were a lot of Martinez fans in that stadium, and there were a lot of the, hey, that's my quarterback um, uh, chance uh, coming out of, uh, coming out of um, the stands. Is, you know, you asked me if there's something that he can do over these next three games to, to win back favor. Sure. I mean, he can go win the games. Um, I don't mean one of them. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. But they can win multiple games, all three games, over these next four weeks, three weeks. It's, it's, it's not unfathomable. Um, you know, you, you see Nebraska's record of success and failure, and it's hard to imagine that that's the way it's going to turn out. But... Yeah. Um, there's time. There's time left, and Scott Frost is going to give him every opportunity that he's healthy for, and that's available on the on the schedule uh, to 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 find a way to win a big game. Um, I think to to uh, you know to walk out of this season uh, with the confidence of the majority of Nebraska fans, though, uh, he would have to do it multiple times here in in the month of November. Probably need to do it multiple times to even consider coming back to Nebraska if that were his decision. Scott Frost knows that he has to win. He talked this week about wins, uh, plural. Like, I, maybe I need two. I, maybe I'm reading between the lines a little bit on that, Mitch, thinking maybe if he gets to five, is there a number in your mind or is it mm-hmm. just how it looks? That's kind of how we graded him all season. It hasn't been the wins, but it looks at times pretty good. At some point, it does come down to wins. And I think if you'd have said before the season or a month ago that if you'd asked the question of whether five would be good enough, it would be an easy answer, no. Uh, this team needed to get to a bowl game to show the kind of progress that uh, everyone hoped and, and expected would, would happen. Um, but, I'm, you know, I don't know how that decision is being hashed out with Trev Alberts. And with Ronnie Green and, and Ted Carter, who are apparently a part of this decision, too, after hearing the comments from, from Carter as he came off the mm-hmm. ice with the UNO Mavs yesterday. I, I, you know, 
the, the I think the goalposts have moved at times. There was definitely um, there was definitely a a uh, a belief going into this season, going into the into the the meat of this schedule in the middle of the season that Nebraska absolutely had to find a way to get to bowl eligibility. Um, so I don't know that we can sit here now when it looks really unlikely and it's going to require three w- wins in these last three games and say, well, what if they get to five? Or what if they end with four, but they play well down the stretch? Hey, that, that may very well be enough for Trev Alberts to make the decision to give this another go. Um, but if that's the case, you know, it's different from what I think the majority of the people expected it would be uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and I mean, they can certainly at least turn the tide with a victory this week, kind of show that they're they're close and finally turning the corner. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the, it, it's going to be a quite a, a quite a struggle to get there. I mean, that offense that Ohio State's going to bring in has just so much firepower. Uh, do you think that Nebraska, I mean, I think the, the line's now at 14 and a half. Do you think Nebraska can uh, make it another one of those type of one-possession games, or do you think Ohio State's just too good at this point? Uh, you know, I lean toward Ohio State being too good. But, you know, I, I will clarify on that last answer that I gave. If we're sitting here a week from now having, uh, you know, talking about Nebraska beating Ohio State and the question is, is, is asked, hey, uh, you know, how does this change uh, the, the discussion around Scott Frost? Oh, I think it definitely has an impact. I mean, beating Ohio State uh, should not be overlooked. And the opportunity is there for Nebraska. It's a, it is a steep hill to climb. Um, but we've seen other teams in the Big Ten do it. Maybe not against quite this collection, this kind of collection of talent at Ohio State. It's this team, uh, you know, may not be Ohio State's best chance to win a national championship out of the last five to ten years. But I, I would put its talent level right up there with with just about any of those teams. That that group in in um, Let's see. It was it was the 2016 team that beat Nebraska 62 to three. That was an incredibly talented team, um, and then you know they, they, they run together. They've yeah. they've all been they've all been uh, at the top of the Big Ten and among the top teams in the country. So it's going to take a uh, a superhuman effort, but it's something that we've seen from you know the likes of Purdue and Iowa within the Big Ten West. It, it, it can happen. Ohio State is capable of having a bad day. Um, we just really haven't seen it very often yeah. uh, when, when they've played the Huskers. Have you made your pick yet? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ohio State wins yeah. by yeah. three to three to four scores. Right. Um, I, I'll say 42 to 17. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, if, if that happens, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, and depending on the, the, the ebb and flow of the game, yeah. but if it's, if it's over at halftime, uh, like it was the last two visits for Ohio state to Memorial stadium, those, that, those, those games were 35 to nothing and yeah. 38 to nothing yeah. at halftime. Yeah. Uh, if that happens again, um, those 30 minutes in the second half are going to, are going to seem like an eternity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, I hope we get to see a good game. Yeah. That's uh, you know that's about the best thing that I can yeah. I can walk into this one uh, wishing for. Yeah, I hope you're wrong on that one, but uh, it does feel like 42 to 17 could definitely happen. Good stuff, uh, Mitch. We appreciate the time. Okay, good to talk to you guys. Thanks, uh, Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Always good stuff from Mitch. Always says it like it is. Uh, I did want to play this before we head out. Uh, if you're thinking, 
I think Nebraska has a chance. Why don't they have a chance? They can win this game. Uh, why can't they win this game? Uh, do we have? Yeah, here's Ryan Day uh, talking about Nebraska. He thinks we're good, Bach. Here he is. I've uh, you know watched the film and and you know this is a very good team. Um, you know the way that they've played. First off, statistically ranking on, in both sides of the ball, um, they're very good. I think they're 27th in the country and um, scoring. Are they? Um, you know they've played team up north tough. They played Oklahoma tough. They played Michigan State tough. Um, and and so I, I've just been very impressed with them and, and think they're doing a great job. So just like any other game in, in the Big Ten, especially when you go on the road, um, this is going to be a battle. And, um, you know, it, it is truly like March Madness right now. If you win, you move on. And we have to look at every game that way. I mean, this is March Madness. Yeah. You like that analogy? Well, for them, yeah. Win in advance. <laughs> Well, uh, or else it's just win two out of three and uh, maybe uh, you have a chance. Scott might be saying that right now. Win in advance. Well, that's definitely yeah. win in advance yeah. for a bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you got to win three. Yeah, uh, you got to win three to get to a bowl. Um, unless they go to the APR this year, <laughs> which I would think be, it's. It, I, th- I always think that. it's interesting though the the perspective of Ohio State. Right when yeah. he says twenty seventh, that's good. That's a good team. Yeah. That's not good at Ohio State. They'd no. be upset about being 27th in the nation in anything. Uh, well, they're 30th, though, in defense. They're not great uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They're, they're rush defense. They're 20th in scoring defense. Yeah. Uh, They've given up, like, 14 right. points a game the last Yeah, they, they have played better as of late. Games. Uh, but they're 30th in rush offense. I guess you could point to that. Yeah, I'm sure they're not happy about it. Yeah, they're terrible. They're No, they don't even Well, maybe try. they're first in total offense and first in scoring offense might might make them feel yeah. a little better about their the pass defense is not good. They're ninety third in the country in pass defense, yeah. and total defense, they're forty ninth. So they're not they're not a monster on defense. No. That that's for sure. Let's get to break and finish out with the pregame. We'll do it next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.